0: Hey Village Bible Church, it is so great to be with you again as we continue our Village at Home digital worship services. My name is Tim Bedall, and I've got the great privilege of serving here as lead pastor and it is my great honor to kick off our new sermon series, Summer Playlist. We're gonna be exploring the Psalms or the songs of the Bible. Uh, The book of Psalms is God's hymn book where uh, different followers of His rejoice and magnify the name of Jesus. They do so in good times, in the mundane moments of life, and even the difficult times of life. And today, I want to open our series by looking at Psalm 71. So grab your Bible and turn to Psalm 71. As we learn from God's Word, uh, when, when storms happen, How do we worship God? Well, storms are an unforgettable thing. There are storms in each of our lives that we never forget. Uh, In fact, there are two storms in my life growing up here in the Fox Valley area uh, that I remember and will never forget. The first storm that I can remember is a storm that took place on August 28, 1990. I was a freshman in high school at Hinkley Big Rock High School, and a storm out to the northwest of Hinkley was brewing. And we knew about it. We saw the warnings that had come across the news, and our teacher said, this seemed to be a big storm. As the winds began to pick up, I remember sitting in my class and off into the parking lot, our whole class saw one of the cars in the parking lot get knocked over on its side because of the 75-plus mile-an-hour winds that were hitting us in that moment. We were ushered into the hallway, and we had a duck and cover position for over two hours, and as kids, we were getting worked up and, and getting squirrely, that is until we heard that same storm that had started northwest of us and now had traveled more than fifty miles, had destroyed the city of Plainfield. In fact, it had destroyed the Plain Plainfield High School. That storm would be one of the largest and more fierce tornadoes the Midwest had ever faced. But then the second storm that I remember is a storm that took place in July of 1996. For you longtime Fox Valley inhabitants, you remember that storm. It wasn't a fierce storm, but what it was was a rainstorm. For 24 hours of the course of two days, it would just rain, rain, and rain. As we woke up the next morning, we woke up to mass flooding, we couldn't get around to roads because they were washed out. In fact, in the Cherry Hill subdivision, not far from our Aurora campus, houses were completely and utterly submerged from rooftop to floor. It would take months, some even years, to recuperate the losses of that storm, that flood of 1996, where we saw more than 17 inches of rainfall in 24 hours. You see, storms, especially the bad ones, are unforgettable. We remember where we were at. We remember the carnage that took place as a result of the storms. But let's be honest storms aren't just meteorological events, they are things that take place in our lives. Storms happen in all types of ways. Some storms are private and nobody knows that you're going through the storm. Others of them are public and everybody knows and joins in the sorrow of the storm. Storms happen as a result of broken relationships like marriages, like rebellious or lost children. In fact, some of the storms that I faced in my life was the loss of my brother in 1990 to a car accident. And the carnage of that took place in my life, in the life of my family. And then the storm that came out of nowhere was the storm of my wife's cancer diagnosis. You see, storms have a way of stopping us in our tracks. They have a way of interrupting everything that we were wanting to do, the dreams and the plans that we had for the future. What I want to do today is I want to explore a psalm of laments. That is a psalm where someone is crying out and is imploring the Lord to rescue them in their hour of need. Now, Psalm 71 is an anonymous psalm. But scholars, as they read Psalm 70, which is a psalm of David, see Psalm 70 bleeding into Psalm 71, and most believe that Psalm 71 is written by an aged King David. And he's looking back upon his life, and he's looking even to the present storms of life. And the older he gets, the more cognizant he becomes that in this world he was going to have trouble. And in his sorrow, he is crying out to the God of the universe to save him and to rescue him and be his refuge in the storm. Now what I love about Psalm 71 isn't that it just tells us that we're going to have difficulties in this world. But it is his response to the storm. Notice for a moment in Psalm 71 at the beginning of the psalm. He says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. What David is saying here is I need help. I'm hurting. I'm scared. I am full of fear and dread. And and for many of us right now, let's be honest, 2020 has been a year of storms. Whether it's the COVID pandemic, whether it's the economy, that the distress that it's facing as a result, there are a lot of issues and concerns that are before us. But what I love about Psalm 71 isn't so we can say, well, listen, we're in the same boat that David is. We're in a bunch of trouble, and we're crying out to God for help. But I want you to notice the last part of the psalm. Because something amazing takes place from the first part of the psalm to the last part. Notice in verse 22. I will praise you also with the heart for your faithfulness, O oh my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O oh holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. Here's my aim this, this day. It is that you and I would be able to do what David did, in the midst of storms, no matter how difficult and dreadful they may be, that like David, you and I would be able to worship God as the storms of life rage on. So whatever you're facing today, whatever difficulty it is, I want you to be able to worship God. And Psalm 71 is the key to finding that heart of worship even when difficult times come. Well, how do we get there? First of all, we need to recognize the reality of storms. The reality of storms. We've got to recognize that just because we're followers of Jesus Christ doesn't mean that we are exempt from storms. John 16, Jesus says it very clearly. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Uh, Peter, when speaking to the church, said, do not be surprised when trials of many kinds come your way. So no matter what that prosperity teacher on the TV uh, set tells you, that no amount of faith, no amount of goodness is going to exempt you from the difficult times that come. Christian, we are not exempt from trials and tribulations. Jesus tells us we're going to to have them, and we shouldn't be surprised when they come. But what brings about storms? What brings about the storms of life? Well, David shares four reasons why storms happen in our lives. Notice the first one. He says it in verse 4, it's ungodly foes, it's enemies. Deliver me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grass of evil and cruel men. If you've ever explored the life of David, you know that while David was a man after God's own heart, while he was a man that did great things for God and his nation, he was a man that for the majority of his life had an enemy or two always around him. And these enemies, as he grew older, were growing in number. In fact, when it says cruel there in the text, it comes from the Hebrew word that literally means leaven, that which grows. So David's enemies were growing, and, and as you get older, you recognize your enemies aren't small in number, but they're going to grow. You're going to agitate and anger people along the way. You're going to have differences along the way. But the reason why David had so many foes was because he was a follower of God. He was being blessed by God. And, And his enemies hated that. They were jealous of that. It was because David lived differently than that of the world. The Bible tells us that we've got as Christians three enemies, the devil, the world, and our flesh. All of them, because of our love for God, are fighting against us, seeking to destroy us and our testimony with God. If you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for any amount of time, you recognize and know the enemies that come as a result of you following your Lord and Savior. And so, employee, when you go to work tomorrow, and people mock you for your faith or they scorn you because you won't do those under-the-table things to get the deal done, you'll recognize that they are enemies of the cross. A young person, when you're at school or at at an event, and and those uh, friends, so-called, mock you and accuse you of all manner of things because you won't go their way, you will recognize when David says that there are foes all about him. And it's because of his love and allegiance to his heavenly Father. Notice the second reason that storms come. They come as a result of uh, an unknown future. Notice verse 9. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. Now there are some storms in life that are subtle. Uh, They're maybe not as clear as having an enemy or a foe. The enemy or foe that David was dealing with was old age. And as he got older, the more anxious he became. His future did not seem as clear as before. And let's face it. Some of us here right now are experiencing a storm, not of reality, but of something unknown in the future. Let Let me bring it down to everyday life. Some of us are amidst a storm because we're looking at the dark clouds on the horizon, and we're doing this. What's going to happen with the kids for school? What's going to happen with my job amidst COVID? What's going to happen with the world economy? What's going to happen when the election takes place? What if and what is going to take place if this happens or that happens, and anxiety fills our heart many within our church, are dealing with the storm of anxiety or the storm of worry. And Jesus reminds us that we can't worry about tomorrow because no man or woman knows what a day might bring. And so David is looking out, and he's worried about this unknown future. And some of us find ourselves in that same storm. The third one that we see is one that hits close to home. And it is unfaithful friends, or for maybe some of you, it may be unfaithful family. Psalm 71.10 says, For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say God has forsaken him, pursue him, and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Be not far from me, O God. O come quickly, O God, come to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to hurt me be covered with scorn and disgrace. As we look at the life of David, we know that some of David's greatest trials came closest to home. David in his old age would run for fear. He would not have one but two sons who would vie for his kingdom. Angry and covetous of the kingdom he was about to give to Solomon. David's two other sons would run after him and pursue him, wanting to kill him so that the kingdom might be theirs. David knew the betrayal that came from family and friends. Some of us are experiencing storms right now. We're experiencing storms from a betrayed spouse. We're feeling storms because of something that's transpired with our kids. Maybe it's a broken relationship in our family. Maybe it's someone close to us who has let us down. Sometimes the worst of storms are those that happen closest to home. And David recognized that. You know the Bible is full of people who experience storms by those closest to them. Abel would experience a storm that was brought on by his brother. Joseph would experience storms because of jealousy that his brothers had. And even Jesus would experience a betrayal, not from someone that was far from him, but Judas, one of his own twelve, who had walked and talked with Jesus for three years. Storms can hit close to home. But there's one uh, final storm that, that comes, and it comes as a result of something that you wouldn't even think about. But I'm so glad uh, David shares it. And storms can come as a result of our Heavenly Father. Notice in uh, verse 19, it says, O oh God, you have done great things. Who, O oh God, is like you? But notice what he says in verse 20, though you have made me see troubles. Who's he talking about? God. God has made him experience troubles. Notice what he says, not one, but many and bitter. Now this one's hard to swallow. The God that says he loves us brings on storms. The God who says he cares about us, allows the most difficult of storms to come our way? The answer is yes. And while we don't fully understand why he would do it, we do recognize as parents that we allow our children to experience hardships and storms so that they will become better, so that they will become stronger. You see, God allows storms in our lives because he wants us to become more like him. Now that's hard to swallow at times when we recognize that those storms hurt. Those storms are painful. Those storms bring difficult and despair at times into our life. But but brother and sister, before we move on from this, let us remember that the God who allows the storms is the God who has his hands on the control of the storm. You see, God will not allow the storm to rage any more than he wants it to. He won't let it last any longer than he thinks it needs to be there. You see, there's not a trial, there's not a storm that has happened in your past or now in your present or in your future that has not been approved by God. Listen to me. The trial that maybe you're facing right now, it was approved by God to hit your life. And the great truth that we can understand and know is that God won't let it last or have it go farther than that which will bring good in your life even what man intended harm god intends for good and so we see these storms and we see the reality of why storms happen in our lives but that doesn't help us david it doesn't help us to understand why we can worship god amidst the storms and so what david shows us in psalm 71 is not just the reality of the storm Because all that would do would discourage us. Listen, what David would say in point one is life is going to stink at times. Sorry, but he doesn't end there. David moves on and he says, I want to show you some of the results of the storms. And notice some of the results that come from storms. There are three of them. Uh, Some time ago, I was watching the Weather Channel and there was a program that they had, and it said, Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Hurricane, an allusion to uh, the naming of hurricanes under men and women's names. It happened after Hurricane Charlie had ravaged the East Coast. Now, that's a fine line because Hurricane Charlie, and let's face it, all hurricanes have a way of destroying property and lives. And so for the first part of the of the program, they talked about the devastation and the hardships that hurricanes bring. But then they pivoted. In light of all of the destruction, in light of the disaster that hurricanes bring, the programmers began to talk about the benefits And while I could talk about all of them, there were four major ones that they talked about, and they all had to do with the good that comes, the benefit that comes to our ecosystem as a result of hurricanes. Hurricanes have a way of refreshing or resetting uh, the plant and animal life that we so need each and every day. And how we need hurricanes in our lives, no matter how disastrous they can be at times, we need them for our overall good so that we can live and prosper in the areas that hurricanes hit. And I began to think, might that be true of our lives as Christians? Could it be that God allows trials and tribulations and storms in life because they might bring about good they might benefit us well david sees that and it's that which allows him to begin to worship god notice a couple things that storms bring about that are good first of all they bring us to a place of vulnerability notice verse 7 david says i've become like a portent to many but you are my strong refuge That word portent literally uh, would mean like a wonder, a marvel. David is saying, I have become a marvel. I have become a celebrity. I've become a sensation to many. And let's be honest, he had. David was the king of Israel. He was the most powerful king of all of Israel's history. He was a phenom. And that's how we feel, let's be honest, when good things happen. When work is good, when the family's good, when our marriage is strong, when all our ducks are in a row and our 401k is growing, leaps and bounds. We begin to step back and we say, hey, look at the good I'm doing. People must sit back and wonder and marvel. Look at him or look at her. They're amazing. And David says, while that is true, David adds a caveat. That caveat is three letters. B-U-T. Though I am a wonder to many, I need my God. You see, it's easy when things are going well for us to think that we are the reason behind it. But it is when storms and trials come into our lives that we begin to recognize wait a minute, I need God. And it's a reminder that we're way more vulnerable, we're way more frail and fragile than we ever thought. We stop reading our own press and we begin to recognize whether it's in the good times or in the bad, I need God in my life because I'm a vulnerable individual. David recognized because of the storm that he needed God. And that vulnerability led to the second result, and that's dependency. Notice what he says in verse 12, Be not far from me, O God. He wants God close to him. If you were to talk to any mature follower of Jesus Christ, they probably would tell you the closest they've ever been to their God is in times of trial. When my children were small, uh, they would run to me During storms, and who can blame them? Lightning and thunder and harsh wind would scare any little kid when they're small, and they would run to the one that they knew was stronger and more powerful and more secure in times of trouble. Well, trials have that way for us as adults. We're secure and we're independent. When things are going well, but when the trials and the storms of life come, we run to our Heavenly Father and we grab onto Him because we need Him in our time of need. Now, what it does is this vulnerability and this dependency lead to an urgency. We can't live without Him. Notice what David says, Be not far from me, O God. Come quickly, O my God, to help me. Can you hear David yelling and screaming? The urgency, the emergency that he's facing. We know this feeling. We know this feeling in that moment when our world comes crashing down. I remember seeing the urgency of my mom and dad when they learned of the death of their firstborn son. We need you, God. Come quickly come to our aid. We don't know where to go. We don't have answers for these trials and storms in our life. We need you. It's what the hymn writer says, I need you each and every hour. I need you. You see, when we begin to see that the disasters and the troubles that we face in life aren't there to destroy us, but to grow us, then we move away from feeling sorry for ourselves in the moment and start moving to praising God. You see, when we start seeing the good results that come from our storms, as David did, we're able to take our focus off of the light and momentary trials to what God is trying to do. That's why the book of James tells us That we should consider it all joy, my brothers, when we experience trials of many kinds. Why? Because just like David said, trials produce in us character and perseverance and maturity and hope. You see, when I know that God is using these things in my life, these hard things in my life, to grow me and to make me more like His Son, Well, then I can start pivoting and focusing not on my circumstances, but onto the good things God wants to accomplish. Which leads us to our response. Once we know the reality of the storm and the results the storms can bring, now we've got a choice. In the moment, just as Job's wife told him, in trials and tribulation, in troubles, will you curse God and die? Or... Will you say, though God gives and takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, my prayer is for my own life and for your life is that we would do the latter, not the former. That we would, whether God gives or takes away, whether the storms rage on in our life or we are living our best lives right now, that we would praise God and we would worship Him. But let's be honest, how do we do that when life seems so dim and so dark? How do we do that when COVID rages on? When economic calamity seems to be all about us? When the dysfunction of government and the division that we face in our day is all about us? How do we worship God? How do we turn our focus from all the bad news to the good news of God and his plans for us? Well, what we need to do is respond properly. And how we respond properly, Psalm 71 tells us, is by responding. And the first thing we need to respond with is we need to remember the character of God. Now, I don't have enough time to work through this, but I want you to notice three things about God's character that David speaks about. First of all, he says, when storms rage on, remember God's glory. Psalm 71, 8, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor, your glory all day long. Notice he talks about God's power when the storm rages on. Psalm 71, 18, Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. So he says, instead of thinking about my problems, I'm going to think about your glory, God. I'm going to think about your power, but also I'm going to think about your faithfulness. Notice verse uh, 71, verse 22. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, oh my God. Five different times in Psalm 71, we see God acknowledge the righteousness that he shows and that he lives by which means that we can trust God because His character is impeccable even when at times we don't know why He does the things that He does or why He allows the things that He allows. We need to remember the character of God when storms come. Next, we need to review the care of God. Notice in Psalm 71, verse 4 through 6, He says, rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord. Notice what he says, from my youth, upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. Later on in the text, it it tells us that, uh, that from my youth, verse 17, you have taught me. When the troubles that David faced came his way, you know what David did? And I mean this in a bit of humor. David went to his living room, and he pulled out from the bookshelf the DVD that said, David, the early years. And he put that DVD into the DVD player, and he sat back and he watched how God had cared for him over and over again. Some of the episodes that he saw was David as a shepherd boy, when a bear and a lion came to attack the flock under his care, and how God empowered him with the strength and the courage to kill both the bear and the lion and to protect his fold. And then he remembered as a teenage boy, when all of Israel was in fear of a giant named Goliath, and how God empowered him and equipped him to kill the giant, to kill the enemy, of Israel. And then how God protected and cared for him when Saul began to hate him because of all that God was doing in David's life. And then uh, there was story upon story of foreign kingdoms and foreign armies that seemingly had the upper hand. And David was reminded in those early years about how God had taken care of him. As I grow older, can I be honest with you? the trials have gotten harder and more immense. And they hurt. And they cause even the best of us to be filled with fear. But brother and sister in Christ, if you've walked with the Lord long enough, put that DVD in and see how God has taken care of you one step upon the other. And so, yes, listen, we are facing an unknown future, a pandemic, and all manner of difficulties in our life. But we can look back and we can see as individuals, as a church, as a nation, as a world, how God has never left us or forsaken us. And the God who was with us in the past is with us in the present, and he will be with us in the future. And this type of worship, as we praise God for his character and his care for us, it will cause us, and this is how we know we're heading in the right direction. It is when we renew our commitment to God amidst the storm. That's when you know maturity is taking root in your life. That though you should be cursing God from a human perspective, though you should be angry with God, your heart is filled with praise and what you say is God amidst the storm, I will serve you. I am committed to you. Whether the good, the bad, or ugly takes place in my life, I am going to do all that I can to honor you all the days of my life. Notice verse 18. So even to old age, And gray hairs. Oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Three times in our text, it speaks of his continual commitment or continual praise amidst the storm. Brothers and sisters, let me close with this. We are experiencing storms. We're experiencing them as a nation and as a world. We're experiencing them as individuals. Some of you are experiencing private and personal storms that maybe nobody around you knows you're going through. But God does. And God says what man intended for harm, he's going to use for good. And so allow your dependency to grow. Allow your vulnerability to become more and more a reality in your life. Allow that dependency and that urgency to cause you to run to Jesus, your refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. And when that trouble comes, remember the character of God. Reflect upon the care of God in the past. And as you do, renew your commitment that whether in the times of triumph or in the agonies of defeat, you will say with a wholehearted response, Lord, I am here to serve you. I am here to declare your praises to the generations that are to come. I know trials and storms of life are hard. And I know they can cause us to grow bitter. But God allows these storms to make us better. It is my prayer that you will see that and declare God's goodness amidst the storm.